I have a great appreciation for my opponent's feistiness that he wants to uh, continue to show, you know, he has this sharp tongue and can issue these challenges to God and so forth. One, one of Christianity's specifically horrible contributions to human mythology and delusion is the idea, the terrifying idea, that you could be tortured forever. Horrible by what standard? Horrible by, well, good question. Um, yeah, I know. Having a sharp tongue is not a sure indicator of possessing an equally sharp mind. I'm not here to prove the Bible. I'm not here to defend the Bible. I agree with Charles Spurgeon. I would no more defend the Bible than I would defend a lion. You don't defend a lion. You just let him loose. He'll defend himself. So welcome, everyone, to another episode of St. Certified Polemical Edition. My name is Arkoodle, and I'm with um, our brother Jamal from Prescribed Truth. And uh, on this, we critically examine essential and non-essential issues to the Christian faith. And, uh, and today, we're still we're on the third part now of the oneness error, where we're um, examining some of the arguments uh, that our uh, oneness Pentecostal friends uh, typically use against us. So uh, uh, just, just a quick recap, we went over uh, Acts 2.38, John 3.5, Mark 16, 16, 1 Peter 3, 21, and uh, James 2, 26, in the last two episodes. So I recommend that you guys go ahead and um, and check those two episodes out. Um, and Jamal, man, how you been, bro? I, I know we talked already, but uh, just let, let the people know how you been. I'm doing good. You're doing good. Thank you for once again for having me on, man. And I uh, hope everyone who's listening, who's watching, I was doing well as well. Yeah, awesome, bro. Um, again, if you guys don't know Jamal, um, I, I, I recommend his, uh, his YouTube channel and on Facebook, Prescribed Truth. Just check him out on there. Um, I've been uh, edified and built up by his stuff, and it's encouraging to have someone out there uh, just to, um, you know, uh, prescribe truth to those who need it, right? So Praise God, bro. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, before, you know, this is going to be a shorter episode, but um, I, I do want to uh, share a few things on this, on this podcast episode um, and on YouTube. Um, so, you know, thanks to Jamal for encouraging me without realizing it, but uh, I, I went ahead and I created a Patreon. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like, if you notice my, my quality, I, I, really, I really want the quality of this podcast to, to improve, you know. Um, I just can't afford it because I'm broke, you know. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the brothers out there and sisters who are, you know, uh, who are encouraged and, and edified by this podcast will, will be willing to, to help me out in that area. Um, I'm still working out the details in the, the Patreon uh, account. I, I'm still new to it. I might ask you for some advice later, Jamal. Yes, uh, do that. But yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash saints edified. And that's where I'm at. Um, another thing too is, uh, you know, uh, I definitely want to, you know, vamp up the, uh, the amount of content I'm producing. Uh, lately, I've been busy with school, family, work, uh, working a lot lately. Um, and so just keep me in prayer guys. Um, and, and I, and I talked to Jamal a little bit about, about this already. There's a lot going on in my, with, uh, just home life. And, uh, and I really appreciate it if you guys just keep me in prayer. Yeah. So, um, Jamal, I mean, uh, I know with you too, man, you, you you're also a family, a family man and, uh, and you're pretty busy. Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything that you want to just share with, with, with the family out there, uh, the church family that, um, anything going on in your life, any updates with, with, uh, prescribed truth at all or. Anything you want? Yeah. So um, recently, I used to do a podcast live, a, a live stream of the podcast on YouTube. But trying to do that and you know be with the family and everything else has kind of come to a head. And so what we've done now is I've changed it into a live stream on Sunday evenings, just as an overview of the podcast. So it's a shorter, con uh, condensed version of me just talking about what I'm going to discuss on the upcoming podcast. So, so therefore, I can still, you know, be there for the YouTube crowd in that sense, and yet still have the producer podcast when everything is settled at home. And so that's usually when I have time to record, where the kids are put down, and the wife is okay, and so I'm able to sit back and actually record without that distraction. And so, yeah, so um, that's what I've been doing lately. And so it's been working out pretty, pretty well on that end. And so yeah, just continue. If for those who, who um, who are who wouldn't mind please pray for me in that regard and just continue to have a wisdom as far as um setting aside time to do prescribed truth where it won't take away from the day-to-day -day at home because that's the important thing 
Amen, bro. Yeah, for sure, bro. Um, I've been surprised by some of the, the people who viewed this podcast, bro. Uh, it's always humbling, you know, when people like fa- like family members or uh, people from different churches in your town, they, they let you know that they're watching, you know, and kind of gets you a little bit nervous, but at the same time, it's like, it's encouraging, you know, it's, I'm humbled by that. So you're definitely, you're, you're definitely going to have a few people praying for you, man. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I want to get right into it, man. Uh, you know, I, I know it's going to be a shorter episode than usual. Uh, just so everyone knows, it's close to midnight where Jamal's at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, and, and I'm away from the family right now, so I, I need to get home too. And Jamal, I got to give you props, bro, for, um, for uh, clarifying in the last episode. Um, as of lately, uh, if those of you don't know, there has been, um, I guess, a rise in discussion about Federal Vision. And, um, and personally, I, I give my brothers benefit of the doubt when they say certain terms or say certain things that could come off heretical <laughs> you mm. know um john piper has been one of those brothers who've used terms like final destination or final final destination uh, <laughs> uh final ju- justification mm. and and or that work saves us you know he'll say things like that and and in my mind i'm like oh, i know he's a calvinist i know what he means you know whatever uh so last last time we we just dis- we talked jamal um I brought up uh, in James chapter two, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, I, I I I spoke loosely on justification, and um, and I thankfully I didn't keep that part on there in the last episode. I edited it out a little bit, um, but then but then you you went ahead and clarified. You know, you said just, just to clarify, we're not saying there's two justifications, right? 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 right. Mm-hmm. So um, so so I, I just want to clarify what I meant there. Federal vision is a serious issue, man. Um, it's, it's, it's been up again. Uh, R. Scott Clark and others are, are going back and forth on it. So, um, are you familiar with that, with that Jamal? Are you familiar with federal vision at all? Or no, I've heard people make, I've heard the, the scruff behind it. Um, but I don't, I'm not familiar with the arguments in it to be completely honest. No, no, it's all good. I mean, you were able to catch, something last time and you just wanted to clarify anyway so i really appreciate it and this is why this is why i'm glad that uh that, that, you're, that you're that you're doing this with me man um the whole idea is uh is in james chapter 2 when paul when james talks about be justified by works mm-hmm. and not by faith alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the language that i typically like to use and that i don't mind using is initial and final justification mm-hmm. um I, I say things like that because you know I assume people know what I'm what I mean. You know they know initially when someone's justified, they're justified by faith, by grace, not by works. But then there's this justification that comes afterwards that James talks about. Okay, so um, and and if you're not careful with it, you could easily fall into heresy. You know um, because it's not, it, it could sound like someone is saved first by grace and then kept by their works. Mm. That makes sense, yep. right, you know, right? So, so I, I want to avoid that. I want uh, just for the record, I do not believe that. Jamal doesn't believe that. <laughs> um, there is a camp in Federal Vision where where they where they teach that. So, mm. so historically, it's been a problem. Um, I, I just want to, uh, if you don't mind, Jamal, I kind of want to go over that again, just one more time, uh, just so I could, you know, have a clear conscience on that because it's a serious okay. thing. We we we, t- we take the word of God seriously, you know, and. Um, the Bible says that, uh, you know, for those of us who are teachers, we uh, we have a, a stricter judgment. You know, right. so one thing that so one thing that we want to understand is that Paul and James use justify differently. Okay, Paul's use usually means to uh, to be declared righteous, right? So so there's that legally righteous uh, statement, right? Mm-hmm. It's a legal term uh, to be declared righteous, like 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 in the court of law when you're declared righteous, right? That's how Paul uses it, okay? And James, in chapter 2, actually means to be vindicated, right? To be proven righteous, okay? So there's actually a difference. One's, a, one's like a legal term, and the other one is is more of like, where's the evidence, where's proof? Right, right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So there's vindication, and then there's uh, to be declared righteous. So those are the two different uh, definitions of of uh, justification. So in in Romans uh, chapter four, and and maybe maybe at the end of the episode, uh, uh, you might want to share some of the comments you shared with me last time after we ended the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So 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 maybe you want to go over that later on. But uh, but Paul in Romans four, 
uh, when he says that Abraham, uh, that his faith was counted as righteousness, he was talking about Genesis 15. Okay. Right. And James alludes to a later time in Abraham's life uh, when he had Isaac and he was about to sacrifice Isaac, right? Um, James says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? So the timeline there is uh, in, in, in James is actually Genesis 22. It, that's almost 30 years mm-hmm. after he was declared righteous in Genesis 15. Mm. Yep, yep. Yeah, so, um, so, so, so there you can see, you know, first he was declared righteous, then he was vindicated later on. Mm. Yeah, vindicating that, okay, he was going to do something in obedience. And, um, and that's what James is talking about, you know. Um, so, so with, with the, with the uh, baptismal regenerationist or the, the people who want, who want to say that we are saved by works, what they're saying is the opposite. They're saying, no, initially you're saved by works. You got to be baptized. You got to do these things to be saved, and then and then you're kept by works as well. You know, we're saying no. We're saved by grace through faith. We're justified when we have faith. You know, uh, we're declared we're declared righteous. So, um, so in conclusion, we are declared righteous by God, uh, uh, by faith alone in Christ. Our works vindicate our claim to having faith. As long as you understand that distinction that we've derived from the text, uh, then we're we're good. You know, so right. Uh, any comments about that, bro? I know, I know, I know. I didn't tell you I was going to do that before, but I just had to. I really had to uh, do that, man, because it was bugging yeah. me for a couple yeah. weeks now. Yeah, that's cool, cool, man. You jumped it out there on me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, but it's cool though, because it's like it, it, what you're saying was is completely true. I, I get what you're saying, and and I'm hoping that those who are listening and following along will get it as well. As far as the two instances, and I'm, I'm actually encouraged how you brought up the contrast with Genesis 15 and. And what the other chapter of Genesis was 20, um, 22. Yeah. And, and and how each author, Paul and James, were referring to a different time. Yeah. And uh, and it was and that was interesting. I think that really to me, I think that drives the point home as far mm-hmm. as where you're where you're getting in as far as using the term. So we're not talking about two different types of justifications. It's just they're using this word differently yeah. because of what they're trying to discuss. And I don't know if I mentioned this last time or not, I can't remember, but what James is talking about is proving works the whole context was you know can you have the faith without works and our works prove our faith and paul's is um he's trying to get us get get to us in uh, romans 4 is that we're not it's not our works that save us you know saying but it's by faith you know and so um they're both trying to communicate something differently to us right you know exactly so yeah my friend uh who you know I, I i feel like i owe a lot to uh, he's the one that shared with me uh the doctrines of grace years ago um he actually said you know what um as church when we look at church history the church had to be more precise in their language as new heresies came about mm-hmm. you know so right. probably in like the, the second century no one had issue with saying we're justified by works because right. hey you know it's no one's no one's making a big deal about it right well, maybe later on, as time went on, we, people made a big deal about it, and you got to be more careful now in how we use the language, right? And that's one everyone to know. You know, we have to be careful in our language. We have to be careful in how we uh, say things. At the very first episode, bro, uh, you actually even said it yourself. You said that um, a, a lot of Christians who say they believe in the Trinity talk like they're modalist. They they they'll, right. they'll say things that that just aren't um, Trinitarian. So. Um, <laughs> And bro, like I had, uh, it was recently, um, a brother, um, recently, like uh, a couple of days ago, and he's, he's a Trinitarian. He believes the Trinity, you know, he knows the Father is not the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. You know, he knows all of that. But he was having a conversation with Jehovah's Witnesses, and as he was trying to give it an analogy for the Holy, for uh, the Trinity, he used an analogy that pointed directly to modalism. Oh. And, um, you know, and, and sometimes I, I struggle with, I mean, you know, there's a brother, you know, you can encourage with correction, but, you know, I don't take it as like, oh, he's, he doesn't really believe in the Trinity. Like, I know he's trying to communicate somebody. He's trying to, he's trying to reconcile an analogy, an earthly analogy to, to describe something so divine. And, um, and yeah, we're going, we're falling short in that all the time. But yeah, it's, it's, it's that way. You ask a lot of Christians, you know, hey, you believe in the Trinity? Yes, I do. And like, well, what would you say is my you Like, can you explain it to me? And they give mm. the clover leaf, you know, they give yeah, the yeah. egg. <laughs> the water you know yeah yeah i know it's hard man i mean and this is why we, we know we, we come to this topic very careful 
Um, even the, the debates that I've been listening to lately uh, with James White and uh, debating um, oneness people, um, you can tell he's very careful, man. It, it, it takes a lot of work, you know, uh, to be that careful in your language and your responses, especially the crossfire, you know, where they have to answer right away. Uh, you can tell he has to think about what he's about to say, you know, because you could mm -hmm. easily sound like, like like a heretic, you know. So, right. um, so, so you, you got to be very careful with that. And um, and I, I know, although I only have like less than 20 views or 30 views right as of now on youtube um uh, i know the podcast uh there's a little bit more uh, listeners there right. people that people that people that agree with us already mm -hmm. um and, and i know they they may understand what we're saying like like they actually might give us the benefit of the doubt be like oh well, well, well like i know what he meant you know right right there might be someone who just might listen to it there might there might be that one viewer who's gonna watch it and be confused you know so we just right. want to be get careful bro so yeah, man. Um, so today we're going to go over maybe two verses. Uh, now that we already discussed uh, salvation uh, is not through baptism. Um, we, now we want to handle their arguments that have to do with uh, the Trinity. So w one of the most popular arguments that they use is Isaiah 9.6. 9.6 says, uh, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Jamal, obviously, you know, I'm sure you've heard this one before. Um, they use this to say that Jesus Christ is the Everlasting Father. What's the best way to answer that? He's not. Who's not? There we go. <laughs> no, like, no, he is, he is the Everlasting Father. But what, is, yeah. but what is the text actually trying to communicate to us? What is... What is God trying to communicate through Isaiah with this statement? Because all this is true concerning who who Jesus is. You know, his child is born to us, the son is given. Government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called. And he's, his name is called Wonderful Counselor. He is called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so all this is true. So is all this truth except for the one Everlasting Father? Well, that can't be the case. It has to be true as well. But what is it actually trying to get at? And I actually got help from this, um, from listening to another brother in Christ as he discussed the, the underlying language. And this is why I believe it's really important as Christians that we really understand the underlying Hebrew and or at least try to have some kind of understanding of what those words are in the um, in the Hebrew and in the Greek view, talking about the Septuagint. Because what this word is actually trying to get to, and this is my thoughts, as I look at this, as I look at the word, is dealing with father of everlasting. So if you look if you look at it in that way, if heaven was worded that way, uh, mighty God, Father of everlasting, would that be that He's Father, that He's the Father, or is that He's trying to tell us something different concerning He's the Father of eternity? And seeing that being that Jesus is God, He may come into flesh. He's been here from eternity. He is the Father of eternity. You know, when it comes to when it comes to time, you know, because God is out. God exists outside of time, space. And all in matter, and so it's like this is true of him. He is the father of everlasting, the father of eternity, and that's actually how it reads. You know, in the um, underlying language, it's the father of is it will read more like the father of everlasting versus everlasting father. Who is this child? It is Christ, it's Jesus. Um, and uh, to add on to what you were saying about that, um, is he the father? Yes, but not in the trinitarian sense. He's mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, the context shows that Jesus, he's all these things in relation to his covenant people. Okay, so th these names right here, it's not a relationship between the Trinity. It's in relation to the to his covenant people. Okay, um, so he's our wonderful counselor. He's our mighty God. He's our everlasting father. He's our prince of peace. And, and these are all redemptive categories. I mean, if you think about it, um, and if you compare these, pa these, these, these names, right, to the... Uh, New Testament, you could tell how they have like a redemptive sense to them. Um, and it's for his covenant people. As far as the everlasting father goes, kings of Israel were considered fathers of, of the people. Okay. Um, one, one verse is, uh, is Isaiah 22, 21. And then, uh, and then also the very next verse in, in Isaiah 9, verse 7, it says, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Okay on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it. It was common to understand the king as the father. Okay. 
Um, and because it says that there'll be no end, it's forever. That's why he's the everlasting father. Okay. Uh, another, another thing about that is that when it comes to us, um, Jesus Christ, he's the one, it's because of him we have eternal life. Right. So, so, he, mm -hmm. so he, he's our everlasting father in that sense as well. But another thing that Jesus is called, uh, when, when we look in the New Testament, uh, we called, uh, we see that Jesus Christ is also our, our older brother. Mm, he's right. not the older brother of the father or of the Holy <laughs> Spirit. To us, he's the older brother, right? To us, he's many things, um, including the everlasting father. But within the triune uh, Godhead, he's not the everlasting father. He's not the father in, in, within the Trinity. He is the son in the Trinity. And, and the father is not the son either, you know? So, right, so, right. Uh, and, and, so we, have to, we have to be very, very clear with that, that right there, those terms, th those names, it's in relation to his covenant people not within the Godhead. Um, mm. And it's interesting too, and I know we talked about it before, but um, you know, apostolics and one of the apostles, they're really big on the word name. Huh? Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be for, for probably our next argument there because they have no problem with saying that, that that's his name right there, that, that those things are his name. Um, but uh, but I'll, I'll wait for that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, do, do you have any more, any, any other comments? Cause I, I think that was a, a simple answer there. Um, but do you have any other things to say about that verse? Oh no, that's, that's pretty much I can say with any you. Yeah, you, you said more. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's good. Cool, man. Cool. All right. So, um, so yeah, just and then just to recap really fast. Again, Christ is the He is the everlasting Father to us, to His covenant people. It's in relation to us, not within the, within the Godhead. So that's our answer. Um, there was someone uh, in the comment section on these videos that he was trying to argue, but he wasn't really addressing anything that we were saying. He was just like copying and pasting stuff and mm. saying that I'm blind and stuff. But uh, if, if any one of <laughs> people, uh, modalist want to respond to that claim or respond to our uh, our argument there, feel free, uh, we're open to it, so. Most definitely. Yeah. All right, man, so the next one uh, is Acts 238. Okay, I gotta pull it up now, Acts 238. Yeah, Acts 238, go for it, man. All right, so Acts 2.38 reads, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so um, right there, the, the argument there is saying this. It's, it's basically saying that Peter understood Jesus in Matthew 28, in the Great Commission. He understood him to mean that his name, uh, that the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit is Jesus. So mm. Acts two thirty eight is like uh, is it's more of um, an interpretation of Matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty. Um, That's it. Yeah. So so what do you think, bro? What would you say? That's it. That's it. It's like the name is not talking about a literal name. There, it's talking about the the authority, and because Jesus and the Father are one, as we see in as we see in John ten, as he says in John ten then we know that when he's, when Peter is saying, repent in the name of Jesus, and be, I'm sorry, be baptized in the name of Jesus. He's talking about this authority of the entire Godhead. You know, uh, Jesus didn't, he didn't operate um, outside of the will of the father. Even Jesus said, I, my father, he's, he's doing the will of the father. You know, that's, that's why he was sent to do the will of the father, you know? And so Jesus made those clear distinctions and all those things. So, uh, Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are all in um, in agreement in how uh, things should be done and the redemption of people, of his people, and all those things. And so is this what it's talking about, the authority of, and not necessarily a name. You know, cause, I, mean, I mean, Peter could have easily said in the name of Christ, he could have said the name of the Lord, you know, he could have said any of those things and all of it would have meant the same. It would have been true either way. Yeah, because the whole idea is not name as in like a name you call someone by, right? It's right. Uh, it, it, it's authority. It, it's, an, it, it's a common idiom that's used even in the Bible. Uh, the very next chapter talks about it, you know, uh, by what by what power or by what name did you do this? Next 4-7. Um, so um, and one thing too about this, just really quick, is um, probably the biggest thing I've noticed when talking to one of Pentecostals or modalist 
um, is we have a different hermeneutic, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think this is why, unfortunately, a lot of guys who um, don't have a, don't, don't have any discipline in studying the Bible, studying literature uh, or, or the genre of literature, they take things at face value without mm -hmm. realizing that, okay, what, what exactly is Ops trying to say here? We know that Acts, um, it was a historical narrative. It was uh, descriptive, okay? It wasn't prescriptive, you know? We, we look at some of Paul's letters and, or like we look at uh, Leviticus, that's prescriptive, it, uh, prescriptive you know? It's, it, it's a how-to book type of thing, you know? Right. Uh, Acts, it's more like a historical book. It, it's just a summary of what happened. Like a lot more happened mm -hmm. right. uh, in that time, you know? <laughs> Um, uh, so much happened during that time, but but Luke wrote uh, what, what what he thought was good to summarize, you know. And the whole emphasis in, uh, in in the Acts of the Apostles was to was to let people know about Christ, especially the Jewish people, that that this is that this is prophecy come true. This is who who the Bible talked about all along, and so it made sense for him to say in the name of Jesus, you know. It made it made sense for him to say that. Um, so, so we have a different uh, hermeneutic to begin with, and we have to identify that, you know. Um, go it's good. It also, it's good that you brought that up too, because um, as you said, maybe think about it. It's like, well, as Peter, because this is after Peter's given a sermon. He, you know, he's he's given a, he's given a sermon. This is, um, you know, Pentecost took place. These people are wondering what's going on, and Peter, you know, lays out the gospel to them, and then these are proselytes. I mean, the, the initial audience that we hear about is these proselytes into Judaism, you know, and they're hearing these people speak in their own language, you know, yeah. and Peter is speaking to them. So these are already Jews. And so if Peter could have, like I, mean, I said earlier, he could have said in the name of the Lord, he could have said in the name of Christ or, you know, you know that all of that would have would have um, resonated with them because they already believed in the Lord. You know, they believed in a Christ because it was promised a Messiah to come. Right. Yeah. But he specifically said in the name of Jesus, because he's making it clear, Jesus is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. you know, he's Messiah. Like you Jews. This is who you should trust in. This is the one who was prophesied to come. You crucified him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's coming back. So repent in his name, you know, yeah. and um, it's, a, it's like strategic by Peter and strategic by Luke to point it out. Is that he's made it making it clear to these Jews who would have already believed in Yahweh, is that hey, you believe in Yahweh, this is Christ, this is the Christ that He promised. You know, repent and believe in Him. And so, um, yeah, I just I just thought it was interesting when you brought that up. It's like it made me think more deeper into this that Peter was actually very strategic in using and saying Jesus' name versus saying in the name of the Father. You know, because Jews would have found that blasphemous, right? That's how they did with Jesus. Hmm. You know, so but he basically made it very clear. You know in the name of jesus yeah so yeah i just thought it was very interesting there yeah bro i mean it's uh it, and also too like we mentioned last time and, and we already went over this in the first episode but mm -hmm. it'll be helpful to say it again um and, and it's one of those arguments that that, that I, I said before i don't like bringing up because it sounds somewhat childish you know but but you really have to say it because it's like it's common sense right um and and acts 14 sorry acts 4 uh verse 12 it says that uh and there is no salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. And how many Jesuses do you know? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like even I like the point that you brought up last time. There were there were many people at that time with the same name, right? You know, right. Um, and yet the Bible says there was no name given under heaven. So if we're going to take things literally and at face value, this verse doesn't make any sense it doesn't make sense it is, it's not consistent with the reality because um, plenty of people have been given the name jesus right and there's no power in their name you know so and, so and then you think bro just to be clear i know i don't know no, if i bro. mentioned this in a, a video before but it, back then we see we only say jesus because we're using the the um the latin the latin translation of uh, jesus yeah uh, so it's like back then they was saying Yeshua, right? Mm -hmm. And so Yeshua and, and what we would, how we would say Joshua is interchangeable. So Jesus and Joshua really were interchangeable. And so you had plenty of people who named Joshua, yeah. plenty of people who named Jesus, because they, they were called Yeshua. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it's interesting, man. It's like, so if you took it literally and say, okay, we're happy about his name. Well, 
That means I can find Yeshua down the street or the Joshua down the street yeah. and say, hey, I can be saved in your name. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's your name that I'm going by versus the authority and the character of the individual by whom we are saved. Yes. Yes, exactly, man. And in case you weren't clear in the first episode, I think I think we made it even more clear because um, it's just it's just too obvious, bro. Uh, yeah, you can't just read that and, and ignore the, the the obvious. You know what I mean? And, and I think that, I think this is what they do a lot. And um, so, again, um, if you are oneness and you're and you're watching this, please answer that question or at least respond to that argument right there. Because um, I know you guys love to use uh, Acts four twelve uh, to back up what you're saying in Acts two thirty eight. But when we look at the way how name is used um, in the name of, but the majority of the time, it's used in this way, and it's and it's easily talking about authority. It just makes more sense to 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 uh, talk about that, especially when you read Matthew twenty-eight, uh, nineteen and twenty. Jesus he explains what he means by in the name of, all right. authority has been given to me. You know, so um, starts off with it. And and before we go forward, I want to clarify just somebody listens. Uh, when I mentioned about the the Latin and, and the, I meant to say it was a we used the Latin we used a transliteration of the Latin, not yeah. a translation of the Latin. When we say Jesus, it's a transliteration. Right. So I, I admit the I didn't need to correct that if someone was listening. So no, that's good, man. I, I could tell you've talked to a few uh, 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 black Hebrew, uh, black Hebrew Israelites, huh? Who, yeah. Who bring up that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, like a, a couple times. Uh, People have brought that up to me too. So yeah, no, I get it, man. That's good. All right. So, so there you go. That, that was, that, that's us answering Acts 2.38. Um, so now uh, we have time for one more verse. And again, it's one that's always used. It's used a lot. It's uh, Deuteronomy 6.4. Yeah. So Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Okay. So God is one. The Lord is one. Um, and, and there are tons of other passages that, that say the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is what's frustrating, bro. Um, uh, it's frustrating. And, and I hate, to, and I hate to end it with this, with this passage because, uh, I, th- I think the argument is somewhat disingenuous to be honest. Um, no matter how many times we say that the Trinity is monotheism, right. you know, it's not, it's not tritheism, you know, it's monotheism. And, and yet uh, I've seen it more and more where like, oh, well, you guys are practical uh, tritheists. Like, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, it's like, no, I was yeah. like, I was like, we know what we believe. You know, we've, we, the church has held this belief for almost 2000 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Trinity is monotheism. Uh, so of course we believe that God is one. We, we don't believe God. Um, it, it, there's three gods. We, we don't believe in three gods. We believe in a one God. Uh, who is three persons you know it, it, there is a mystery to that um, but the way how logically it makes sense when we say that the being of God is one but the persons of God is three mm-hmm. so um, yeah so that, that that's that's a quick answer to that one I mean uh, like there's not much to say to that <laughs> you know like like you're pretty much saying that what we already agree with so well, yeah. So if I if I had the um, the Shema is interesting, and this was when I was when I used to be a oneness, and <clears throat> this was one of the verse that was given to me as proof for uh, proof of oneness and against the Trinity. Of course, we just as you just mentioned, and uh, what one thing that was fascinating to me as I began to learn more and do word studies is that one here in this text, like. It is not communicating one individual, like a like a numeral one, like one grape or yeah. or one can or one soda. You know, the one here is the same one that is used when Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And more interestingly, in uh, Genesis, where it talks about the man and the woman shall become one flesh. You know, it's the same word um, in the Hebrew is ikhad. And there's another Hebrew word for one that would actually mean a literal one, like, you know, in this Yahid. The interesting thing, too, with that, and this is why <clears throat> a caution with this as far as anyone uses this argument, is because as you go through the scriptures, there are plenty of scriptures that would, because depending on the context, a Hebrew word and a Greek word can be used to mean different things depending on the context. And so one can mean just one, right? It can mean just simply one. Even, even the Yahid can mean just one. But it also is used a lot 
is trying to pair up a, a group of something into one. Uh, another example is when uh, Israel went over to spy out the land and they saw there was these huge, uh, these grapes, huge. And they say they brought back this clump of grapes where they said it brought back one clump of grapes. Yeah. But it was a, it was a clump of grapes, you know, but it brought back one. And that word for one was Echad. Is every time, most of the time, I don't say every time, but most of the times when Echad is used, is used when there's a group within the one. You know, and so just like when it comes to a man and a woman, you know, it's that a man shall leave his father and mother and be cleaved to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, there's two within this one union. And so it's always it's almost always seemed to be that it's always signifying some union. Yeah. And given that as Christians, we believe in, as monotheists, as you brought out, we believe in one Yahweh. And so the word for Lord there is Yahweh. Mm. You know, we believe in one Yahweh, the yeah. Lord, our God, and the not, Lord is not, one. Not, not three Yahwehs. Not three Yahwehs. One Yahweh. One Yahweh. You know, and I know we're not talking about this particular verse now, but there's a, there's a verse in, in uh, Genesis, a passage in Genesis where it was seen as if there's two Yahwehs. Mm. You know, it's two, you know, and it was like, well, we know it's not, but I'm not trying to confuse anyone, but just interesting. Just look at the, look at the, if anybody listening, I know we're, we don't have time to go over it tonight, but look yeah. at the instance when Abram was called, when he was called by God, when he sent in a tree and the Lord visited him when, uh, before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, saying like, just, just check it out. Look at out when, as the Lord is talking to Abram, uh, Abraham and looking at him or talking to him and yet says the Lord rain down fire and brimstone from the Lord out of heaven. Yeah. You know, that's, that's Lord used twice, yet both both words are Yahweh. You know, it's the one God. So we know, we know there's one God. There's only one God. But why was that? That's interesting. You know, I would encourage people to look at that. You know, it, so the Lord is one. And so I, was, I think that when the Shema is given, it's not necessarily giving us an argument for monotheism, which we believe we're monotheists, right? But it said the Lord is one. The Lord is in unity, which Yahweh is. We believe in one God, only one Yahweh. As you said, good brother, it's one being, but it's shared by three persons. And and there's there are plenty of straw men to say that we're practically tritheists um, and stuff like that. And but what I just say, man, I, I sometimes I try my best to just let them straws let them straws lie mm -hmm. on the ground. Like I'm not like I'm I'm not gonna pick up your straws, you know. You try to throw out them straw man. It's like we we know what we believe, and so I would encourage you if you if you disagree with um, with the Trinity, you know, believing that the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son are three distinct separate persons, and this is one of your verses to use. Well, just look at the first. Try to look at the passage in Genesis and check that out. I think it's Genesis 19 starts at. So check check that out, you know, and start from there, and um and let's talk about it, you know, let's have a discussion uh, as we go into the New Testament as well. But yes, we only believe in one God. So yes, the Shema is true. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. The Yahweh is our God, and the Yahweh consists of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they are all one. Awesome, bro. Yep. Yeah, and and that right there, I mean, we can't get any clearer, man. Can't get any clearer than that. Uh, you know, so I, I think we would have time right now, but I don't, I don't want to just quickly brush over the other verses that we've talked about, and especially in John. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I and the Father are one, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like, like I think we, and I don't, I, although I think we could answer those quickly, I, I do want to give those some time as well. Right. Um, so I'll probably wait for the next episode for that one. Uh, but just really quickly, man, we, we, we already hit up, uh, we went over again James 2, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Then we went over Isaiah 9, 6, uh, Acts 2, 38, and Deuteronomy 6, 4, along with the other passages that talk about God being one. And um, and the one thing that I want, I want to just let people know is, uh, is, you know, which view is more consistent? Which one has contradictions? Which one is more consistent? You know, and uh, the reason why I couldn't be uh, a, a one is Pentecostal when it came down to it years ago, when I almost became one, was how inconsistent they were you know mm. um especially with the uh like verses that that talk you know uh, where jesus talks about the blasphemy of the holy spirit you know um where he made a clear distinction that you could blaspheme against the son but not against the holy spirit but if jesus christ is the holy spirit 
then wouldn't it be the same thing? Wouldn't it, by blaspheming the Son, wouldn't you also blaspheme the Holy Spirit if He is? You know what I mean? And in um and other passages in John, especially John is like very. I mean, I don't know how you can become uh, how you, how you can remain a modelist after reading John, especially. Uh, there's another part in John where he says that the Father has given all judgment to the Son. That the Father will judge no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if Jesus Christ is the Father, then He's not going to judge no one, but He's the Son, <laughs> so He's going to. You know what I mean? So it's like, wait, what? That's good. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so there's all these verses in the in the passage, and then so what you were talking about earlier, how there's like two lords, right? Um, we have an answer to that. We have a, a clear, consistent answer to that. Um, it may not make sense to the point where we fully grasp it because it's God. We can't we can't we can't fully grasp you know God, but uh, but but it's consistent though. There's no contradictions, you know. Right. And and um and and uh. We're not trying to twist the Bible so it could be that way. The Bible by itself is is consistent. It's logical, right? Um, is it, and I just want to say, man, like it's no shame. People look, it's no should no be no shame in saying, hey, we're not going to know everything about God. Mm-hmm. If we could, if we could know everything about God, if we could explain everything about God perfectly, then He wouldn't be God. He'll be a figment of our imagination. He'd be something that we can create in our mind and you know and determine, you know. But the fact that there's a mystery to God, the things that we can't clearly grasp all the time, it's not something we should shy away from as being something that's so negative. Like, because He's God, He's 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 above us. He's eternal. Can we grasp eternity? Can we truly grasp the concept of eternity? That God always existed. He always was, you know, and that we came into being. You know, what I'm saying time became a thing when we was created. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so it's like, can we can we grasp that? No, but yet we know it's true, you know. And so don't don't let that deter you because you can't grasp everything about it. That it's like, okay, you know, I, I can't get with this because I can't grasp everything about it. And um and, and another thing too is like the 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 doctrine of the Trinity. We talk about being consistent in Scripture. He's like, what well, you you're seeing all these texts, you know, in Genesis. Let us make man. You know the Shema. Then you have the two Lords. You know, and all these things like all of this. If you, consistency is what you want to have, you know, this is what Arturo was saying. It's like um, James White used to say this, and I think he still says it sometimes. But and I found it to be true. He said the consistency is a sign of. A, I mean, inconsistency is a sign of a failed argument. Yep. You know, where there's inc- inconsistency, there's a problem. But there's a problem in a lot of circles like this, bro. And, I'm, and I know you probably be familiar with it. Is they they want to disengage from logic. They think they think logic is something wrong. When you say it's logical, that if you okay, if we take this verse, and if you say this about the Son, and this about the Holy Spirit, well, you must be saying this about you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They just they disengage from a lot of them teach that they disengage from logic. They don't they there's there's too book smart. It's the world's wisdom. Not you know. But we don't live that way, guys. I just want to encourage anyone who listens to this and has that motive, that idea that, okay, I can't think through this logically, you know, using man's reasoning. Like, no, God gave us a mind and our mind thinks logically because God created us that way. And if it doesn't logically fit, that means it's not logically true, you know? And so it has to fit, you know, it needs to fit. It needs to make sense, you know? So I just want to encourage someone who may be listening to this that, you know, don't disengage your mind don't um don't feel like okay because i can't logically fit make it fit then it gotta be something super spiritual that i can't grasp like no god god wants us to understand these truths that's why he put them in the scriptures he wants us to understand these 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 core truths so i just want to encourage somebody with that so the doctrine of the trinity has been held and defended for two thousand years you gotta take it seriously at some point you know Mm -hmm. you, you can't just keep saying oh well they're tritheist they're polytheist, you know. They're they're, they're so wrong. That, like, um, they haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus. That's why they don't know. Right. No, 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 no. Like, we, we've been battling this for for centuries. Okay, and we're talking about our Lord here. We're talking about our God. You know. So this this is what really matters. Um. So so I really again and I, I really push because I, I was hoping by now there'd be more people, more oneness people responding. Um. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a few people online and and. <laughs> And see if I could show them these videos because I really want to encounter this whole point, this whole episode, this, this series is to engage non-believers, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, 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 I want to see people come to the truth. And like like you, bro, uh, like you used to be part of a a weird 
somewhat apostolic cult church, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day. And uh, a buddy of mine, um, uh, RJ, who runs the, uh, the Reform Society, he was also part of a large denomination as well. And him and I talked and, and, and look at both of you. You guys both, you guys both came to the truth. You know, and it was always through the means of someone else telling you something or, or, yeah. or you know, so, um, so yeah, I really, I really pray and hope that you guys would, would really take up the offer and, and engage with us. Um, I don't do live videos. Uh, uh, clearly, I, I, I'm not ready for that yet, but I know Jamal, uh, he, he, he does it pretty good. So if you guys want to jump on there, I know, uh, and, and I wasn't thinking about this, but apologetics, apologetics live with Andrew Rappaport and Matt Slick. Every Thursday. Um, every Thursday? Yeah, Thursday Thursday evenings around between eight, I think eight to 10, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so I started listening to them uh, recently and uh, bro, I mean, feel free to, to talk to them as well. Matt Slick has a, a show every day, um, I think from three to four mm -hmm. uh, Pacific Standard Time. So probably later if you live on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, but he, he allows people to call in and do it there as well, you know? Like, like we want it, we want to see you guys come to the truth. So, um, I can I can keep going on and on about that because if it wasn't for that, then I, then there'd be no reason for me to make these videos. Um, uh, especially those of you who are Christians who are confused, um, there are so many resources out there. I, I, I just pray that uh, hopefully you come across the uh, the, the right stuff and uh, and learn about your God because it is an important issue. Amen, man, bro. And then just to, just to close and end on that is for me on my end is just think about this for those when you listen to um, people who don't have an argument and they resort to ad hominem or slander. Just think about it for a moment. Why we're having a just if you if you stand on the side if you disagree with us and right now you're thinking to yourself they're blind they're they, they're this they're that you know why why not. Why resort to that versus sharing the truth? Because I can say, because we can say the same thing about each other. I can say you're blind. I can say you're lost and this and that and the third, but it won't mount to anything if I can't tell you why, how you're blind, why you're lost. You know, just saying you're lost doesn't mean anything. You know, we can say the same thing to each other and get nowhere. But can we, can, but can we be consistent enough to be able to share with you why? You know, so so before, so for those of you who may stand on the upper side of us, and you're you're on the fence about it, just think about this. On this side over here, we're wanting to have a conversation. We're wanting to engage. We don't want to resort to name calling or or this or this and that. We want to get the truth out. You know, and want to have meaningful discussions with you guys in truth. You know, and willing to listen to you. You know, and engage with you. But then on the opposite side, you have where there are not many on a Pentecostal, from my experience, not many who want to engage in conversation. It's like where you don't believe that's it. You know, you don't believe that's on you, you know, you know. Or, or, or they might give you a couple chances. And then uh, I have proof on my phone, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, where when it comes down to it, they just stop responding because they'll say, oh, well, uh, they use that passage. Uh, um, shake the, throwing, shake the, uh, feet. What was that? When they shake the dust off your feet. No, no, no. Uh, the one where it talks about uh, like throwing pearls before swine. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's, and I'm, and I'm not, I was like, I was like, like I'm, I'm questioning you. Uh, like Paul did it for for days, for weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was in the synagogues week by week. You know what I mean? These guys were out there trying to convince these guys, persuading them. You know what I mean? And uh, he would go to Mars Hill, where there's pagans everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. was willing to have discussions with them there. You know and um, you know, there has to be some, there has to be a little bit more effort and a little bit more, um, intellectual honesty, you know, uh, when it comes, especially when it comes to the topic of God, I mean, seriously, like apostolics, I know you take the Bible seriously and I know, you know, that the doctrine of God is important. So let's talk about it. You know, just keep this in mind. First Peter three fifteen. but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect mm -hmm. this is what we should be able to do as christians regardless of what position you hold to you should always be able to give a defense for what you believe and why you have this hope this reason for your hope 
Yeah. And so just keep that in mind. This this should be a conviction, you know. And so if your reason for believing the things you believe concerning the the oneness reason or the baptism that saves you and all that stuff is it is it reasonable can it can is it is it true uh according to reason using the scriptures you know do you have a, a good reason to believe it other than you was taught it you know um just think about those things you know and i'm just coming from experience I've, i was taught wrong and if somebody asked me jamal why did you believe in oneness well that's what i was taught you know didn't know the Bible like that. Didn't didn't trust it. I, I trusted what I was hearing from my pastors. So um, so yeah. So just ask yourself, you know, why do you believe what you believe? You know, and just like and like uh, Arturo was saying, intellectual honesty. So, but yeah, that's that's my yeah you know. man yeah yeah have have some integrity. You know, um, stop telling yourself lies. You know, I mean, I I I, I do so myself too, bro. I mean, just so you know, there's times where. And even before this discussion, uh, like you know, I won't share it right now because. Uh, but 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 you saw how frustrated I was. You know, I'm like, I'm not happy with this. I need to work. I, I just don't need to work this out. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's part of it, bro. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm okay with being with saying, you know what? I'll be I'll believe whatever the Bible says. You know, and um, I know because God is logical. It's gonna make sense. It's gonna be consistent. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's that. You know, and and uh, and we, we aim for that. We strive for that. So. But yeah, bro. I mean, man, there's so much more I'm sure we could say. Um, but yeah, so this, so now I guess now we're gonna go on to uh, part four, you know, <laughs> of the one is there. Um, and 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 maybe I think I think I think five parts might might do it. Um, mm. And uh, and uh, yeah, and hopefully the last part we can kind of go over a little bit more over uh, a clear explanation of the Trinity because I know some people believe that it it was the Council of Nicaea that it came you know oh, yeah. about. So, uh, and although so someone could easily research it and realize it's not the, that that wasn't the case, um, but maybe this will be it'll be helpful for us to kind of you know answer those quick questions uh, or those misconceptions on the Trinity. Um, but yeah, so all right. Well, anyways, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Sensitified uh, Flemical Edition. Um, again, don't forget to go to Prescribed Truth on YouTube and on uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Patreon, um, all, every platform out there, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> check it out. Uh, follow Jamal uh, online. Um, I'm sure if you agree with them or disagree with them, I'm sure you'll you'll benefit from it. Uh, but yeah, until next time, guys. Solidia Gloria. Here's some peace.